Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Not much, Greg. You're getting ready for week eight. About to hit the midpoint of the fantasy football season already. We are there. Week eight is upon us, my friend. Fun times. Fun times. Let's go Jets. Indeed. Let's go Jets, huh? <laughs> Said no one ever. That's not true. A lot of people say it. it just doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. No. Not so much. Doesn't matter to them. On the show today, we appreciate you watching the Pursuit Channel and checking us out. No matter where you're watching us, we say hello and thanks for joining us. Let me get in right into it, Frank. Game by game, we're going to go through it. What we need to know, what we need to watch, who we start, who we play, who we bench. Let's go. Let's do it. Denver, Kansas City. In Kansas City. Start Patrick, everybody. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Start everybody. Does that include Case Keenum for you? If you play in a super flex uh, quarterback league, then he's in play. Uh, obviously, in two quarterback leagues, anything other than that, um, unless you're like really hurting because of the bye weeks. I have him at QB 18 right now. Again, there's a big total in this game. The Broncos are 10-point dogs in this game in Kansas City, so they're likely going to be chasing points. I will say, uh, I, I feel like the Chiefs defense has played better a little recently. Better. Uh, certainly last week we saw a bad Andy Dalton show up, uh, but it's about that time of year where we get bad Andy Dalton. Um, so I, I don't know that the Chiefs defense is the cakewalk that it was earlier on in the season, but Case Keenum is in a good place here, and because of that, uh, Emmanuel Sanders checks in as a borderline low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. He was dealing with that ankle sprain after the Thursday night game a week ago against the Cardinals, but he's had 10 days to recover. I think he'll be fine for that. I look for him to exploit that matchup. Demarius Thomas... Again, the targets have been a little bit inconsistent. The team is trying to shop him. Don't know if he's going to be with the team come this time next week. So he's like a high-end wide receiver three just because of the matchup here. And uh, with the Broncos, uh, if if Royce Freeman is out, then we're looking at Phillip Lindsay as an RB1 because the Chiefs absolutely bleed fantasy points to running backs, especially pass-catching running backs, and that's where I think Phillip Lindsay would be able to take advantage. I've heard people say Devontae Booker maybe a sneaky play this weekend. You buying into that? In a full PPR, uh, we've seen that he's consistently been on the field. He's still playing around thirty percent of the snaps. It's been a you know three man committee here with this team. We see a lot of Philip Lindsay, but when a team is trailing, which obviously we are expecting in this one, we see more Devontae Booker. So if you're in PPR leagues, I think he's a low-end flex option. I don't really want to have to depend on it. I don't think he has a high ceiling. But again, in PPR, he might be able to catch, you know, five for 50 
and that'll help you. He's a bi-week replacement, nothing more than that, in my opinion. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Devontae Booker, nothing more. He doesn't really carry the ball at all anymore. Whenever It's like Jalen Richard. Like, Richard yeah. doesn't do anything on the ground. He has a season high of 24 rushing yards this season, but he's giving you a safe floor for PPR. So, you know, if Royce Freeman is out, that's just one less running back here to kind of muddle the waters for Denver. We'll get a lot of Lindsey, and if they're trailing, we'll get a lot of Devontae Booker as well. Okay, so on the other side of that game, Kansas City, you joked, play everybody. Does everybody <laughs> include Sammy Watkins? So Sammy Watkins, gosh, Sammy Watkins. You said play everybody. <laughs> uh, play everybody except Sammy Watkins. Nah, I mean, look, I have a decision that I'm faced with right now. Chris Godwin versus Sammy Watkins. I have Chris Godwin a little bit higher in the rankings. So I have him in the lineup as of right now. Uh, Sammy Watkins, just outside my top 36, so he's a low-end wide receiver three. And mind you, that's with four teams on a bye this week, Greg. So Sammy Watkins hasn't gotten the end zone for a while now. Uh, seemed like he needed a lot of garbage time last week against the Bengals to really get involved and help fantasy owners. His usage just has been so inconsistent. It's a lot of Tyreek Hill. It's a lot of Travis Kelsey. It's a lot of Kareem Hunt. He's, you know, at best fourth in pecking order in terms of targets and usage on this team. So I'm not very excited about Sammy Watkins. Um, he's he's a low-end wide receiver three. That's I, pretty much it. I probably agree that he's a low-end wide receiver three like this week. The guys week. I have just ahead of him, Taylor, Gabriel, Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, Deshaun Jackson, Geronimo Allison. I like all those guys more. Okay, so there you go. Uh, for you, you mentioned the Raiders. I, I wanted to actually quickly move on to Oakland because I think it's a really, really interesting spot for them here this week. They play at 4 o'clock, and they are hosting the Indianapolis Colts. No Amari Cooper. No Marshawn Lynch. Totally different team than we saw the last time uh, this team played before their bye. They have talked up Doug Martin this week. <laughs> they have talked up Martavis Bryant this week. That's so, it doesn't get more John Gruden than that, Greg. Do you trust either Doug Martin or Martavis Bryant? Where are they in your rankings? So Doug Martin checks in as a low-end RB2, high-end flex option this okay. week. And that's because what they've, everything they've said is that he's going to fill in for that Marshawn Lynch role. Lynch, a running back who had seen over 50% of the snaps for the Raiders this year. He was top 12 in the NFL in terms of red zone carry, so he was getting used in that part of the field. Look, if, if not for opportunity, that's, that's all it comes down for, to for Doug Martin because we haven't seen him be effective the past couple of years. So if he didn't have this opportunity, obviously we would not be excited, or I mean relatively excited about Doug Martin. It's just based on usage and opportunity here. So, you know, I think he gets around 15, 16 touches in this game. The the Indianapolis Colts are, they're not a bad defense. They're not a great defense. They're kind of middle of the pack. So I think because of all of those reasons, we have a close point spread here. The Colts favored by three points in Oakland. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's not a blowout by any means, and I think we see we see some Doug Martin. Martavis Bryant, he slots right into that Amari Cooper role. I think there's going to be games where he has big upside, but there's also going to be games where he just goes missing. Uh, I think Jordy Nelson is really the guy that you want to zone in on here. You know, over the past month, the Colts have allowed the 10th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. I think Jordy Nelson is the guy that kind of has that safer floor now, the consistent targets, especially in the red zone. He led all Raiders wide receivers in red zone targets even before the Amari Cooper trade. So we probably see even more of Jordy Nelson in that part of the field. Uh, um, so Amari Cooper, um, Martavis Bryant is just outside my top 36. Again, he's similar to Sammy Watkins. He's very boomer bust. I kind of, if I picked him up, I'd want to take a wait and see approach. Let me see how the Raiders wide receivers are deployed, how they're used, how is Seth Roberts used 
uh, with the departure of Amari Cooper before I get him in my lineup. Yeah, so here's where I am with both of those guys. Doug Martin, I think you have him ranked in the right spot. He's a low-end RB2, high-end flex, and if this game gets out of hand, that's when we're going to see too much, not too much, we're going to see more Jalen Richard. and ultimately I think that in a PBR league, and you've said it all week, Frankie, that you'll want Jalen Richard in that PBR league, but if they can keep it close, they're going to ride Doug Martin. They really are. John Gruden is that dumb. And I understand <laughs> that opportunity does not always lead to production. We've heard that a lot. They're going to give Doug Martin every chance to, to be uh, to, to every chance to be productive. To be that Marshall Lynch. He is. They are. Look, we're going from one old running back to, I mean, it seems like Doug Martin is old. He's not really old. I don't even think he's 30 years old yet. But, I mean, he has a lot of wear and tear. He's been in the league for a while. We've seen, you know, two monster seasons out of Doug Martin. And the rest has been not good. So the Raiders' offensive line has underachieved this year. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was really, you know, he was playing well. And, you know, maybe it was in spite of the offensive line, but he still had it. Like, we're seeing a renaissance of old running backs this year. Adrian Peterson, another one. These guys could still play. Now we're about to find out if Doug Martin could do the same. And it comes to Martavis Bryant. Their offensive coordinator, Greg Olson, t- uh, on Friday talked up Martavis Bryant saying, you, you just look at the, the build and look at what he is, and he goes in the starting lineup, and he is the perfect person to replace Amari Cooper with. Seth Roberts goes to the inside. Jordan Nelson keeps his spot. We all know how talented Martavis Bryant is. Off-the-field issues have certainly hindered him. He got cut by the Raiders earlier this year for reasons we still don't know. But last week, he played a season-high 72% of the snaps. And maybe they believe in him. Or at least Derek Carr believes in him. We know he's already the deep play threat. Will there be enough consistency? I think it's possible. I want, it, I want Martavis Bryant. That's why I picked him up. That's why I spent some money going out and getting him. But if you can, I also want to wait and see if it will be real. You look at that schedule coming up, there's opportunities for Martavis Bryant to do something. So I might have had him, if I was doing rankings, Frank, I might have had him in the top 36 this week because of the bye weeks. But... Ideally, it's wait and see for me. The players I have just ahead of him, yep. Christian Kirk, Robbie Anderson, Sammy Watkins, Taylor Gabriel, and all those other players so, that I mentioned are just ahead of Sammy Watkins. So I think, like, as I said, I would probably have him in the top 36. Like, I can see myself putting him in front of some of those guys. Like, like it's very close. Like, it's very close. It definitely is. But to, in my opinion, Christian Kirk has provided a, slave, uh, Agreed. a, a safe floor to this point. Going up a good matchup against He's the San Francisco it. 49ers. Robbie Anderson coming off a game where he had double-digit targets. He's banged up. you got to see uh, whether he's going to go in this game against the Chicago Bears. But based on the, the injuries to the Jets and the fact that we saw as many targets as we did a week ago and that the Jets are likely going to be playing from behind and throwing the ball, that's why I have Robbie Anderson. We've seen more out of Robbie than we have Martavis. Yeah, but, Martavis, but Robbie Anderson hasn't caught more than three passes in all year. Well, he only needs one, Greg. <laughs> he only needs one. So does Martavis Bryant. It's true, but we've also seen Martavis Bryant drop that one this season. And last season, 50 yard and touchdown. season before that. Yeah, so, I mean, look, there are a lot of parallels between him and Amari Cooper. He's just going to fill in perfectly. <laughs> anyway, I, I like Martavis Bryant, and I think if you picked him up, it's going to pay dividends down the stretch for you. Uh, I really do like Martavis Bryant this upcoming uh, week and going forward. On the other side, for the Colts, uh, Marlon Mack did practice on Friday, so he should be able to play and be ready to rock, which is a very, very good thing for Colts uh, Colts fans and Marlon Mack owners. Eric Ebron, he's looked good for most of this season, but Frankie, Jack Doyle is expected to return in this one. What is that going to do to Eric Ebron's value? 
Well, it might hurt Eric Ebron between the 20s for sure. I think that's where Jack Doyle emerged, uh, especially last year and even in the first game. Jack Doyle was targeted a ton, so he's kind of that safety blanket for Andrew Luck. But, you know, Eric Ebron has really become that guy too. Andrew Luck is not going to shy away from throwing to his tight ends. Even if he has two of them on the field, he's going to get both of those guys involved. I think Jack Doyle is more of the PPR guy. I don't know that I'm throwing him into my lineup right away this week, his first game back. I don't want to see what he does. I still trust Eric Ebron, especially in the red zone. Anytime they get inside the red zone, Eric Ebron has been Andrew Luck's guy. What do we say about tight ends every single week, Greg? All we need is a touchdown. Eric Ebron has been that guy all season long that we have depended on for touchdowns. Who knew, right? <laughs> Eric Ebron, it seems kind of crazy. Um, Marlon Mack, look, this is a great matchup against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, over the past month, no team has allowed, on average, more fantasy points per game to opposing running backs than the Oakland Raiders. Marlon Mack trending in the right direction in terms of his play and usage, certainly not the injury, uh, and the Oakland Raiders' defense has been trending in the wrong direction. So um, it looks like a match made in heaven for fantasy, just assuming Marlon Mack is healthy, Greg. Okay, so there you there you go. Trending in the right direction for those close running backs. Andrew Luck, by the way, has been unbelievable over the past several weeks. Uh, throwing four touchdowns in, I believe, three of the last four games. The other one he had three in. Okay, we'll take that. Uh, over 20 points in every outing. So Andrew Luck, for fantasy purposes, this dude's all the way back. And if you took a shot on him later in your draft, it certainly has worked out thus far. Yeah, we had the scare early on in the season, not throwing the ball down the three, field, yeah. but look, there's just a ton of volume here. The emergence of Marlon Mack might limit, and I say limit very you know, vaguely here with Andrew Luck, limit his upside because he might not throw as much as he was early on in the season, you know, 50-plus times per game, but I still have him as my QB5. I'm not scared of the Raiders' defense. We could see some points scored on both sides here, um, and Andrew Luck has been getting it done in, the, in this new Frank Reich offense. So, uh, yeah, having QB5, I... I you're going to continue to just roll him out, trust him as a QB1. Okay, so there you go, Andrew Luck, a QB1 here this week. Continuing on for week eight, taking it game by game and letting you know what you need to do this week. Uh, let's start with the Giants, right? Giants and Washington. I've said it a lot, Frank. I really like Adrian Peterson this week. Yeah, absolutely. This is a good matchup, especially with Snacks Harrison shipped out to Detroit. Uh, he was the run stuffer on early downs for the Giants, and the Giants actually hadn't been that great against running backs this year overall. I mean, they were giving up solid production to opposing running backs. Now you get Adrian Peterson, who, I mean, who would have thought? He is the focal point of this Washington offense right now. Uh, if Chris Thompson plays, he takes away, you know, five, six carries. He'll get a few targets. He'll do what he does. But Adrian Peterson, if you go down through the game lock, I mean, the guy has been, you know, 15-plus touches Quite consistently. I mean, we've gotten, you know, a few games this year of over 20 carries for yep. Adrian Peterson. So, a great matchup against the Giants. A very close spread here. I actually think that Washington wins this game. And if they do that... Of course they do. <laughs> and if they do that and pl and they're playing ahead, it's going to be on a lot of Adrian Peterson here, Greg. He's a low-end RB1 for me. This week. Might be aggressive, but it's a good matchup. I'm especially okay. with no snacks, Harrison. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Do you think this is the week Jordan Reed finds the end zone? Probably not. Really? <laughs> well, look, uh, it, it should be able to happen against the Giants. We, we continue to think that the Giants, this Giants defense is the Giants defense of last year, who was just getting demolished by tight ends. It hasn't necessarily been the case. They haven't been that bad against tight ends. They've been good. Season. Last two weeks, they've allowed a uh, touchdown to the tight end, I believe. Did Austin Hooper score last week? Mm, no, he didn't. Last he did not. Week. He did not score last week. All right, well, the week before, Zach Ertz did. So. <laughs> Zach Ertz scored a touchdown, but to be honest, 
The Giants defense has fared well against tight ends. Alec Ogletree, not expected to play for the Giants this week. Obviously, no Damon Harris and no Eli Apple. Shambles. Defense. Wait, is... How is this spread so close? Dude, what is going on? Is this, the, is this the, just the home field? Here we go again. This is going to be like <laughs> Thursday night all over again. Oh, God. Screaming at you to do one thing and you do the other thing. <laughs> um, also for Washington, I don't think there's any pass catchers you can start. For the New York Giants, I think you start everybody like normal, right? You, you start Odell Beckham, obviously. You start Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. What are you thinking? I like Sterling Shepard as a low-end wide receiver three. I mentioned I have him ranked ahead of Sammy Watkins, ahead of Martavis Bryant, uh, just ahead of Marvin Jones. I just think there's a little bit more consistency there, and it's a good matchup. I have him as wide receiver 35 right now, going up against Washington, who has allowed the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers over the last month of the season, Greg. So, it's yeah, it's status quo on the Giants' side. You're starting Odell Beckham. You're starting uh, Saquon Barkley, Eli Manning, Low-end QB2 for Superflex or two quarterback leagues. And then Sterling Shepard checks in as a wide receiver three. I trust him a lot more than I trust Evan Engram, who just played his first game uh, this past week against the Falcons uh, that he returned in and honestly did not do much. So I like Sterling Shepard. Okay. Wide receiver three. We will continue on. We'll go game by game as we like to do here. Final episode of the week. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We're rocking and rolling. We're also going to take your calls. Cut off a little bit later on in the hour. We'll set, help you set your lineups. Get into that great Los Angeles Rams Green Bay Packer game. Very excited for that. So we'll break it down as only we can. Our picks are coming too. A lot more to come. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Visit today. So I hope you can stand the vibration, because we're about to rock the entire nation. Best friends forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network here with you live from Studio 34. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, I feel like it's only fair we hit on the Giants. Let's get into the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Love it. There you go, Greggy. How about that? Jump on while you can. Yeah. The quarterback of the future. You mentioned Robbie Anderson a little while ago. Are you confident he plays? Yeah, I know that he's the practice has been inconsistent dealing with the ankle injury. Um, I think he does. They don't really have much else here. Uh, again, we'll have that's something that we'll have to watch. But if he does, the 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 usage was there one week ago against Minnesota, where he saw ten targets in that game, did not convert those. But again, as we've mentioned with him and Martavis Bryant, very similar players. All he needs is one, right? He needs one a, a forty yard touchdown, a fifty yard touchdown, something like that. Um, Vegas expects the Jets to be playing from behind in this game against the Bears, uh, a Bears defense, which, you know, if you're going to attack them, it's going to be through the air. They've been very stout against the run. So Robbie Anderson checks in. 
you know, again, he's in that range, that same Sammy Watkins range, that same Martavis Bryant range. He's just outside my top 36. He's very boomer bust. He's a low-end wide receiver three. Okay. Can you start Jermaine Curse this week? Uh, he's even further behind them. Yeah. But, you know, if... When, so, I'm sorry. When, it, I literally it, asked you a question. I'm cutting you off immediately. It's, it's hard. It's, this is a tough situation. Um, so, for me, when I was setting my lineup, I have a, I have a to- choice between these three guys this week. Jermaine Curse, Carlos Hyde, and Martavis Bryant. And I don't know what to do, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Right now, I, I have Carlos Hyde in there, hoping that he gets a touchdown. But, you know... I don't know. Yeah, and it's a bad matchup against the Eagles, too. It's a, it's a terrible matchup. Actually, the worst matchup that you could get. Outside of that one game against Saquon Barkley, the Eagles' defense has picked up right where they left off from last year in terms of their run defense. Pass defense, not as good, but the Eagles have been stout against the run, and you, know, you don't know what the usage is going to be like between Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon, and again, in a bad matchup. Uh, I would actually go with Martavis Bryant you of those three. I have him ranked higher than Jermaine Kearse, and... This seems like it might be, this is kind of like a, a trap fantasy game for Jermaine Curse, right? Because he let everyone down last week, so now everyone's taking him out of the lineup. But who else is, Everything, every, who else is Sam Darnold going to throw to? Nothing's that's, changed. That's, that's the thing. Like, for all the reasons, exactly, for the, all the reasons we liked Jermaine Curse last week, those reasons still remain. There's no Quincy. Correct. Inuma. Jermaine Curse played a ton of snaps last week, just wasn't targeted. He's going to play in the slot again. And, you know, that's typically where Sam Darnold throws to. But I, it's just, this seems like a fantasy trap game. Maybe I have him ranked too low. So here's my problem. It's that as much as everything pointed to Jermaine Curse doing what he, we expected him to do and then coming back this week, what if they just don't? Like, what if it's the same thing as last week? I'm going to take this another zero? I, I'm, I'm nervous to do that. I'm nervous. Of course, Martavis Bryant, like, not like Amari Cooper's been doing anything. So maybe Martavis Bryant does nothing. Well, like, what am I doing? It's hard, man. It's really, really hard. Yeah, I wanted I'll take to take the upside shot on Martavis. And the other thing that I wanted to do was, which every one of these guys I didn't play, I wanted to drop them on my next waiver run and pick up a defense for next week so I don't have to deal with everybody else bidding on defenses. Like, yeah. I, I've been kind of in on that recently. That's smart. Like, later in the week, picking it up. Do you know the defense I want to pick up for next week? Let's just think about our theme here. Whoever's facing the Bills? J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 Against Next week they face oh, Miami. Brocktober. Brocktober. It's not Brocktober anymore Brock- next week. It'll be Brocktober. Brovember. Brovember. There you go. It'll be Brovember. So they face the Dolphins and the Bills back to back. I'm like, I like that. Okay. So that's that. a pretty good spot. Yeah, but, but I don't know what I should do. Like, I'm going to be annoyed if I drop Jermaine Curse and then he goes off. Well, you have to imagine Quincy Noon was going to be back at some point too, right? Like if you're maybe, not, maybe not after the bye. So like maybe I'll start Jermaine Curse next week. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends what your bye weeks are looking like too. He is he is a bye week replacement wide receiver who we thought had a safe floor until last week when he gave everybody a donut. He Correct. should have a safe floor based on the way the Jets' passing game has been used, based on who Sam Darnold has typically targeted in this offense. Um, He's a bye week guy. That's that's all he is. I, he doesn't have immense upside. We thought he had a safe floor, and he let us down last week. I know it was brutal, man. It, it was brutal. On the other side of these Jets game, you have the Chicago Bears. It's in Chicago. A lot of people feeling that Mitchell Trubisky is the truth. Allen Robinson not expected to play. We'll see if what happens. You mentioned Taylor Gabriel. He becomes probably a must start, I would think, with no Allen Robinson. 
Yeah, the Jets secondary has been struggling mightily. They're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers this season. They've allowed multiple touchdowns to wide receivers in three straight games. So uh, if Allen Robinson doesn't go, certainly Taylor Gabriel steps up. And I think that opens things up even for Anthony Miller, rookie who you know just saw seven targets this past week. You know, uh, and the Jets have struggled against the slot specifically. So I know Anthony Miller has you know lined up there. Or the Bears offense as well. So if if, uh, if Allen Robinson is out, Anthony Miller becomes a sneaky play, both from a seasonal and a DFS pers- uh, perspective. I'm sure that his salary is bargain basement. Uh, but if Allen Robinson does suit up, he checks in as a you know high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, because this is a very good matchup against the Jets secondary. And if we like their, if we like their pass catchers, then, then we got to like Trubisky once again. Absolutely, I think we do. He's a low-end QB1. I have him as QB11 right now. I think we do. Uh, let's continue on, shall we? Sir. Moving on. Uh, Seattle and Detroit. Matthew Stafford at home taking on Russell Wilson this week. Golden Tate revenge game. Well, there you go. Golden Tate revenge found game. an angle. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Did you find the angle? Nope. No? Mm-mm. We're not doing that. Nope. All right. Golden Tate, um, look, he's the safest one of this passing attack. Kenny Galladay uh, is more of the... You know, he's kind of turned into the Marvin Jones. He's the guy who's scoring touchdowns. He makes big plays. Marvin Jones has kind of fallen to the back burner here uh, in this passing attack with Kenny Galladay emerging. You know what's crazy, Greg, is before the season, I like on Johnson a whole lot. And I told you that I could see this Detroit Lions offense turning more into a balanced attack where they run the football more. That's exactly what has happened. We are not seeing the Matt Stafford of years past throwing 40, 50-plus times per game, just going out there, slinging it, throwing interceptions, being a gunslinging quarterback. We're seeing them run the football even more. So uh, assuming Theo Riddick is out again, we're looking at on Johnson as the really the guy that we want to target most for this Lions offense from a fantasy perspective. He's going to check in as a high-end RB2. We just saw him last week, 19 carries, up over 150 yards, uh, the Seahawks defense, to their credit, has played better, but you know they took advantage of some good matchups. So uh, I, I like that Lions offensive line. I think they could take advantage here. I like Carryon Johnson a whole lot again. Golden Tate, he is where he is every single week. He's a rock-solid wide receiver, too. You like him more in PPR. Maybe in standard, he drops down to a low-end wide receiver, two, high-end wide receiver, three. But he's just rock-solid. Kenny Galladay is, is in that similar range, uh, with, Mar- uh, with Marvin Jones more of a low-end wide receiver, three. The other side, well, I want to get to carry on Johnson, actually, a little bit here. With Theo Riddick, not expected, not expected to play. People are jumping right back in on carry on Johnson. I've heard people, desperation during the bye, playing, playing um, like Garrett Blunt or any of these. <laughs> what do you think when it comes to this right backfield? Again, if, uh, if Theo Riddick is out, what we just saw out of carry on Johnson this past week was maybe Matt Patricia's listening to fantasy owners because we saw some of his best usage of the season uh, one week ago, again, 19 carries, over 150 yards. I, I'm trusting on Johnson, assuming that there's no theoretic. LeGarrette Blunt, not so much. Okay. He's touchdown or bust. Fair Maybe enough. like 10 yards and a touchdown. Fair enough. With the, Seattle, with the Seattle Seahawks, a lot of questions about Chris Carson this week. I don't know if you've gotten those also. What do you think about Chris Carson? Chris Carson is interesting because you want to like the matchup against the Lions, but then they go out and trade for Snacks Harrison. Yep. So you assume that their run defense is going to be a lot better, especially right up the middle where they've struggled. They, they've given up a lot of long, explosive runs this year. But can we trust Pete Carroll and the Seahawks rushing attack? One week it's, you know, we're, we're getting a little bit more Rashad Penny. One week we're getting a little bit more Mike, da- uh, Mike Davis. 
I like Chris Car- Carson as a low-end RB2. He would be ranked higher if we didn't have to worry about the two other running backs. We want to thank those for joining us on the Pursuit channel today. We'll be back, back next week. Thank you so much for watching. Moving on and getting more into the Seattle wide receivers, Doug Baldwin back and healthy. Now, are you part of the camp, Frank, that believes he's back and 100% healthy? Or you're someone that believes that he's never going to be 100% healthy? Where are you and Doug Baldwin? Well, he said it himself, right? So I think we have to at least take some of what he said before the season and trust that. He said, you know, he's going to be playing at about 75 to 80%. Now, maybe, you know, coming off the bye week, he got to rest up a little bit. Maybe that helps him for the stretch run here. But, you know, you just look at his usage. He's still been playing a ton of snaps. We actually saw him bounce back after, you know, that donut that he gave us uh, a few weeks ago when he gave us just one receiving yard. Against Oakland, eight targets, six receptions, 91 yards. That's pretty standard Doug Baldwin. So uh, he's not the wide receiver, two that we were expecting before the season. But he's more of a pretty safe, high-end wide receiver, three um, you know, they move him all around the field. He plays a lot of slots, so I don't think that he gets shadowed by Darius Slay by any means. So, uh, rock-solid high-end wide receiver three. Okay. That's where Doug Baldwin... And, and Tyler, Tyler Lockett, Lockett is a... Uh, he's more of touchdown dependent. I don't know that he's got the respect that he deserves this year for fantasy, but he hasn't seen a large target share either. Uh, this The Seahawks offense is not a sexy one. It's not one that you want ton you, you a ton of exposure to. Russell Wilson has not been throwing the ball all that much this season. Uh, He's not rushing the ball either. So it's been a very vanilla offense. It's kind of what we expected out of Brian Schottenheimer. I like Tyler Lockett, but he needs to score a touchdown in order to return that value. He's been very touchdown dependent. Mind you, he's been scoring touchdowns, so maybe that can continue. But in the games where he doesn't score a touchdown, he's going to give you about 40 to 50 yards, and that's it. So he's he's a more of a, he's a wide receiver three as well, but I trust Doug Baldwin more at this point in the season. All righty, Baltimore and Carolina. Uh, by the way, Frank, the Carlos Hyde thing I was like crap because pursuit game, game's already going on. No, oh. that's why I stopped my tracks. Sorry, Greg. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Baltimore and Carolina. Uh, Panthers at home against Baltimore. This is a really interesting game. I don't know which way I'm leaning in general. What I do know is I'm playing the regulars, right? I'm playing on Carolina, Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, Devin Funches, Greg Olson. Makes sense. For Baltimore, last week we told you to play all three Ravens wide receivers. What do we think now? Probably not Willie Sneed, right? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Willie Sneed was uh, the revenge game against the Saints, a guy that had was getting consistent targets in the Ravens' passing attack but let us down one week ago. The guys that you want to trust are John Brown and Michael Crabtree, and that's not going to change week in and week out. Uh, John Brown, the guy who's typically targeted down the field more, the targets have been very consistent. And I think the Carolina Panthers secondary, you know, a secondary that has played better this year. They were a secondary to target last season because they were playing with a lot of uh, rookies, inexperienced players. Uh, This year, they've grown up a little bit. They're still not great, but they're not as bad as they were a year ago. So we like John Brown. Um, Michael Crabtree, while he doesn't have immense upside, he doesn't have the upside that John Brown does to score touchdowns or especially deep touchdowns, his floor has been incredibly safe. We're talking about a guy who has had at least eight targets in six straight games. I mean, that's, That's about as safe as you can get. So from a PPR perspective, uh, I like Crabtree. Hasn't scored a ton of touchdowns. I don't know that that's going to change, but he's a guy who you can you know pencil in for about 5 for 50 every single week. So he's a wide receiver three. John Brown is the guy who has more upside in this offense. He's more of a mid-range wide receiver two in this game against the Panthers. Okay. 
mid-range wide receiver too. We've you've spoken all week about Michael Crabtree and one of your favorite plays. Um, I don't know about this week, but one of your favorite plays going more, down the stretch. He's more of a buy low because I don't know that he has been. I feel like people haven't really respected what Michael Crabtree has done. Right. And, you know, he's not. He doesn't have that yeah. big ceiling. But you know, if you have players on your team that are a little bit more volatile, then Michael Crabtree is a guy that can kind of balance that out and give you the safe floor. What are you expecting from Baker Mayfield this week in Pittsburgh? I think more of the same. Uh, Baker and this Browns offense has not, they haven't had big upside either. Even in a matchup last week against the Bucks that we thought he can exploit and kind of have a big game, we mentioned uh, that trend the coming into last week. The Bucks had allowed 350 yards and three touchdowns to quarterbacks in three straight games. Baker Mayfield, 250-2. and two. I kind of feel like that's where we're at again. I have him ranked as QB 16. Uh, he's behind, right behind Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson. Uh, obviously, had him behind Deshaun Watson, who I'm, you know, I might have been a little bit bit wrong on that one. But I also have him behind Mitchell Trubisky. I think he's a fine bye week replacement. God bless you, Greg Sussman. Uh, or guys like, you know, if you don't have Philip Rivers, you don't have Matt Ryan. I picked up Baker Mayfield in a league. I think he's about two fifty and two, which is where he's been at. Okay, two fifty and two um, for Baker Mayfield. Are you buying the rat this week? No, I'm not. All right. Nothing. Jarvis Landry, though. Jarvis Landry, David Njoku? The targets continue to be there. Same thing with Njoku, but now we're starting to see the production. We kind of joked around, you know, you don't get points per target. You don't get points for, per upside, you know, what you can do. You only get fantasy points for what you actually do. Jarvis Landry, last week, he actually did it. Yes, he did. David Njoku, the past two weeks, he's actually been doing it. So he is developing a rapport with Baker Mayfield, um, you're going to continue to trust David Njoku. He's a top five tight end for me. Uh, Jarvis Landry, a high-end wide receiver, too, just based on the targets that he's been seeing. I certainly expect the Browns to be playing from behind in this game as well. Okay. Expecting the Browns from playing from behind for Pittsburgh. Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, off the bye. You like that. Big Ben, you like that. James Conner continuing to roll without Le'Veon Bell. You like that. We've spoken a lot about Vance McDonald. Is there anything I'm missing with Pittsburgh? Any secrets? No, I mean, I think you bring up their defense. A lot of people are looking to stream the Steelers' defense who have played better late, and yep. we saw in that first game of the season they got a lot of pressure on then Tyrod Taylor, got a lot of sacks. This is a defense that can bring pressure. They're going to certainly try and do that against Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has struggled a bit against pressure this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's to be expected from any rookie quarterback, but I do think that the Steelers' defense is in play as a streaming defense, Greg. Cincinnati and Tampa Bay, before we hit the break, you said earlier this week you don't know how anybody stops anybody in this one. A high-scoring attack for both Cincinnati and for Tampa Bay. You have Chris Godwin, I know, on one of your teams. Are you starting him this week? Yeah, I have him starting over Sammy Watkins right now. He's been a little bit you know, touchdown-dependent this year, kind of similar to Tyler Lockett. Uh, he's, uh, Chris Godwin has scored a touchdown in four games this year. Uh, we saw a little bit more consistency last week, you know, safe floor, about five for 50. Uh, but he also played the most snaps last week than uh, that he has all season besides week one. Week one, he played about 69% of the snaps. He was in that same range uh, this past week in week seven. So I want to continue to see that usage. He's actually the most targeted player inside the red zone for Tampa Bay, which I think surprises people. They have a lot of weapons. They have the tight ends. They have Mike Evans. But because opposing defenses are trying to stop all those other players, they forget about Chris Godwin, who just kind of sneaks out and does his thing in the red zone. So he's touchdown or bust. Not necessarily, but like, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's going to give you like 50 or 60 yards. But his chances to score a touchdown are high every single week because he's targeted in that part of the field very free frequently. Something I was thinking about, Greg, is 
this game between the Bengals and Bucks, it's going to be an ugly one. It's like right. a throwback, like hardcore match from like WWF back in the day. I'm talking like. So are you wearing your NWO shirt today? Yeah, sure. Uh, we're, we're talking like chairs, ladders, trash cans, guys getting hit over the head. But at the end of the game, you're going to get your production. You're going to be pleased, but it's going to be ugly. We're going to see a few turnovers. There you go. When we come back, we're going to answer your telephone calls. Plus, a lot of you have asked for us to comment on Will Fuller and Lamar Miller. We're going to do both of those things on the other side. Your calls, our picks, and the rest of the Sunday slate coming up next. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now. And keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. I used to go to an 80s cover band and see this all the time. And they would dance just like Frank and I are dancing right now. I love the Family Guy spoof of this music video. You ever seen it? I don't think so. Yeah, you gotta look that up. It's good stuff. The Daily Roto NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL premium subscribers are using to win each week for NBA DFS contests. You've heard a lot about DailyRoto.com's NFL DFS Optimizer here on FNTSY and how all of our NFL subscribers are just winning cash. Well, now NBA subscribers are doing the same. Frankie, did you win last night? I only played in a free contest. I didn't have a lot of time to look at stuff right before lineups locked, so I didn't get in on any cash games, but in the one thing that I did play, I did not cash out great. I lost Frank last night. It was my own fault, in all honesty. Why is that? So Larry Nance, the roundup not starting. I got the Daily Roto lineup alert, which you get when you're a premium subscriber. Use the promo code FNTSY. So they sent out the note that Larry Nance was not starting for Kevin Love, and instead it was Channing Fry. And I was all in, and I spoke to Drew Digmeyer about this yesterday, that the, numbers for, the minutes for Larry Nance are not going to be there on the second night of a back-to-back. He's still getting his stamina under him. And I was wrong. He played 27 minutes. He was really good. Larry Nance is the difference between me cashing and not cashing last night. It's my own fault. Yeah, Larry Nance typically always a guy who doesn't need a lot of minutes. He's a very strong per-minute producer because he gets so many defensive numbers. Uh, yeah, I still had him in the lineup, but uh, I unfortunately did not cash, Greggy. Yeah. Uh, we also got some... I know we're going to get to the Will Fuller news. Obviously, we got some more news during the break. Good to me. Uh, we were t- just talking about the Bengals and the Bucks. Yeah. The Bengals will be without... Cornerback Darquise Denard, Vontez Perfect, and linebacker Nick Vigil. So even more <laughs> points to be scored in this game. We have three starting worthy players on the Bengals team who are going to be out. I'm hammering that over at 54 and a half right now, Greg. How pumped are you about Peyton Barber? Not pumped at all, man. I'm, I'm really not. Because given those linebacker injuries, if Ronald Jones had this backfield to himself this week, I think he could have been able to do a lot of damage. He was someone who actually wrote up as a player I was higher on than the consensus in the best fantasy five, which you can get now at rotoexperts.com. Ding. But now that Peyton Barber's there, it just ruins everything because it's just, it's a completely, it's going to be a split backfield again. So really sorry. Super annoying, man. 
Really sorry. This could have been the Ronald Jones breakout game. But the linebackers being out certainly helps the, the tight end. So OJ Howard in play, obviously, once again. He's a uh, tight end one. Cameron Bray is more of just like a shot in the dark. Hope he scores a touchdown. But with that total and these injuries on the defensive side, might just happen, Greg. You mentioned Will Fuller who tore his ACL last night. Oh, man. It sucks. Absolutely sucks. Scoring man. a touchdown towards ACL. You know, a guy who we brought up this week in the trade show who I said... Not scoring a touchdown. I got the pass interference, which led to the touchdown, but whatever. Yes, Greg. Uh, he was a guy who we brought up during the trade show this week, a guy who I said I wanted to buy based on, you know, he finally looked like he was healthy again. He had a great game last week against the Jaguars, went out, had a monster game against the Dolphins, up over 100 yards, had a touchdown as well. So you were excited about what you saw, and then especially for it to happen late in the game too, it's just, God, man, it sucks for Will Fuller. Uh, it's obviously going to affect uh, Deshaun Watson a little bit here too. Deshaun Watson who, you know, you know, as right as I was about Lamar Miller last night doing work, um, I was wrong about Deshaun Watson, so I will easily take that L. Went off and threw for five touchdowns. I think we see even more targets for DeAndre Hopkins moving forward. Um, maybe the efficiency isn't there because he's just going to be peppered again. But once Kiki QT returns, that's a guy who we're excited about because, you know, just another guy down in Will Fuller. And I, all, I already see people going off, Greg, on Twitter about Des Bryant potentially being an option for the Houston Texans here. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense. It's in Texas. There's a play for anybody. Look, they're five and three right now, right? If they want to make first that, place in the they South. want to make that run, you want another outside receiver. And it's not like, you know, Des Bryant is you don't have to pepper him with targets. And I think he would understand that because he knows how good DeAndre Hopkins is. Like, I don't think he's gonna argue that he's better than DeAndre Hopkins. But you add another element to your offense, a guy that you can use in the red zone, who, you know, if DeAndre Hopkins is getting double teamed, if you were to get Des Bryant on this offense, single coverage in the red zone, I mean, that would help them. So this is a situation which certainly makes sense, but uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll trade for Sterling Shepard and give up like a first round pick for him. Is your mic on or my, my headphones doing that thing again? It's your headphones. All right. My mic's on for sure. <laughs> uh, that was Will Fuller. The other side of last night, Lamar Miller. Uh, uh, Lamar Miller does not suck. Did not suck last night. <laughs> I got so many tweets saying, does Lamar Miller still suck? Yeah, Lamar Miller still sucks. I'm sure we'll get uh, I'm sure we'll get some more analysis from uh, the fantasy He's, executive as well on the topic. He didn't suck last night though. He he was good. He did not. He was great. Two games in a row, man. Yeah. I got nothing. I I, I want to kill a guy. I can't. He looked good. Look, I uh, was trying. It was to, a revenge game. I, I was trying to talk about the Dolphins' defense uh, a couple of weeks ago. Since their first two games of the season, I saw Evan Silva tweeting this out. They've allowed 27 or more points in five straight games. So. Defense is not getting the job done. For a lot of that game, Xavier Howard was doing a great job against Hopkins, uh, but then DeAndre Hopkins just did DeAndre Hopkins things, and he took over. I still do worry about number one wide receivers going up against the Dolphins because not every number one wide receiver is D-Hop. Xavier Howard got owned last night. He did, but it's also DeAndre Hopkins. It's true. He's amazing. Um, I do think any other part of the field you can target against this Dolphins defense, you know, opposing running backs, number two wide receivers, tight ends, uh, we just we you know we saw Jordan Thomas score two touchdowns last night too. Uh, the Dolphins are are a team to target um, for a, you know opposing uh, fantasy players. Chris Herndon, a guy who is going to face the Dolphins uh, in Week Nine. Greg. By the way, speaking of the Jets, Robbie Anderson doubtful for this weekend. Well, there goes everything that we said about uh, Robbie Anderson. So, do you start? Do I start Jermaine Curse? Sean, if you could just uh, clip that part out <laughs> of uh, out of pursuit. Uh, do, do I start Jermaine? Do I start Jermaine Curse now? Um, how, do, how do I not? I mean, look, let's do this right here, right now. Please. Because I'm going I'm to eliminate Robbie Anderson from the rankings. Um, and then we're gonna, we have no choice but to move Jermaine Curse up. I mean, who else do they have? They have, uh, they have Deontay Burnett. 
who, you know, if you, whatever you can tell me about him, you know, I I'm all ears, Greg. Don't know. Um, I think this helps Trenton Cannon if you picked him up. He's probably going to see a lot of dump offs, a lot of short, uh, you know, short passing plays close to the line of scrimmage. I, I think this helps Chris Herndon too. Dude. This is like, who else are they going to throw to? It's Jermaine Curse. It's Chris Herndon. We, uh, I, I think they have like Sharon Peak still on this team. But here's the thing with Jermaine Curse, right? Like Robbie Anderson only had like three targets last week. It wasn't like he was peppered with targets. Robbie Anderson? How many targets did he have last week? Yeah, ten. Greg. Yeah, ten targets. Ten got, targets. But he got three catches. Got three balls. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much standard Robbie Anderson this year. Okay. So ten targets last week. It was a season high. All right. So Jermaine Curse, bam. Put so him in the lineup. all right. But how how far up are we moving him? So I had him at wide receiver forty three. I also got to move Taylor Gabriel up, too. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're doing this right now. We're doing this on the spot. I'm going to move Jermaine Curse up ahead of Sammy Watkins. I cannot believe I'm starting a guy that had zero points for me again. <laughs> what am I doing? I moved Jermaine Curse up to wide receiver 38. Is it ahead or below Martavis Bryant? That is ahead of Martavis Bryant. He just moved ahead of him. I have him just behind Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, Deshaun Jackson, Geronimo Allison. So that kind of gives you the range of where Jermaine Curse is at. My rankings this week, I don't know but it's just it's just opportunity, right? Like yeah. he has to be targeted. Who else are they going to throw the ball to? There's no one else. Even if he's double covered every single play, it, it seems like Sam Donald's going to have to throw him the ball. There's nobody else. Okay. Damn. I thought last week too. I might... Chris Herndon. How far up do we move Chris Herndon? <sighs> Saw a season high seven targets last week. Season high four receptions. I had him at tight end twenty. I'm going to go ahead and and. Move him ahead of Ben Watson? Move him ahead of Ricky Seals-Jones? Yeah, absolutely. Do you rather? Do you start Chris Herndon over Jack Doyle? Yes. Over Greg Olson? Who didn't do anything last week except score a touchdown. Probably not over Greg Olson. And then, it's, and then it's Evan Ingram, Vance McDonald. You don't even like Evan Ingram. Why are you starting Evan Ingram over him? I don't. Okay, so move him down. So talk me out of it. Okay. There you go. Sure. Chris Herndon ahead of Evan Ingram. The best tight end in New York. Chris Herndon, the fourth. So is Herndon top 12 tight end now? No, he's 15. No, he's 16. Because there's still Vance McDonald, CJ Uzama, OJ Howard, Jordan Reed. I just like those matchups a little bit. Okay, that makes sense. But Chris Herndon, you know, uh, if uh, if you have a guy on a bye week this week, which teams on a bye, you know, if you had like Austin Hooper on your team, or I mean, obviously the Chargers, Antonio Gates, that doesn't matter. If you were starting Austin Hooper, Chris Herndon might be a serviceable uh, replacement here. I don't think anyone else was starting Jeff Swain. Probably not. The Dallas Cowboys. Let's get to the phone lines, Frank. 844-843-6879. Let's begin with Sam in Texas. What's up, Sam? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going all right, man. What's up? Happy Friday. Quick question. I'm in a standard league, and I really need a win, and I'm kind of overthinking everything. Quarterback, Baker Mayfield or Matthew Stafford? Mayfield or Stafford, Frank? I don't think you're overthinking this one. This is very close to my Fair question, for sure. Uh, Yeah, this this is a very fair question. Um... I'm going to take Matthew Stafford. Baker Mayfield, you know, we spoke about him a little bit earlier. Hasn't had big upside. Uh, him and the offense, you know, they're not necessarily clicking, whether it's the play calling. Uh, it just seems like he's been a little bit off on a few of his throws. Uh, Steelers' defense has played better. The game is in Pittsburgh. Um, I'll take Matthew Stafford at home against the Seahawks. I will it's, also, it's a fair question. I will I'll, also go with Matthew Stafford, by the way. Okay, now in a, in a flex, Mark Ingram or Golden Tate? So these players are both similarly ranked, and if we're talking about standard non-PPR leagues, whenever I have similarly ranked players at different positions, I will take the running back every time. I'm going to go with Golden Tate. I'm going to go to the other side of this. Revenge game? You think he scores? He gets in the end zone? Yeah, I just think he's peppered a bit. 
Um, I'm going to go with Golden Tate. Over Ingram, though? Yeah. Ingram didn't do anything this week. He scored two touchdowns two weeks ago. Yep. I still trust this Saints offensive line a lot. I think we get a lot of, a lot of points scored between the Saints and the Minnesota's Vikings. Minnesota's defensive line's going to step up. Yeah. I'll take Ingram. Greg takes Tate. There you go. Which doesn't help. I'm sorry, bud. Stafford but at least, at least you got Stafford. There you go. Yeah. 844-843-6879. Let's Try go the to... fantasy executive next hour. See what they say. Let's go to John in North Carolina. What's up, John? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going okay. What's happening? I uh, just got a struggling uh, start-sit question this week. Um, I basically need to bench one of these guys. Um, sure. I'm going to play three of them. So, um, full point, PPR. Bench one of these guys. Mark Ingram. Yep. Carryon Johnson, mm-hmm. Doug Baldwin, or John Brown. I, I need to sit one of these guys. So to me, in PPR, uh, I'm not expecting Theo Riddick. I think Carryon Johnson's the guy that's in there. I think John Brown is the other guy that's in there. So I'm deciding between right. Mark Ingram and Doug Baldwin, who do I want to bench? Um, you know, I have these players closely ranked too, but in the PPR, I think Doug Baldwin's probably a little bit safer, right? Right. I want to bench Doug Baldwin. Ingram has the higher upside. <laughs> I want to bench Baldwin. I mean, you, look, I, I I feel closely about this one. Like, yeah. it's clo- between look to me, it's on Johnson and John Brown are the ones that are in your lineup. It's very close between Ingram right. and Baldwin. Greg, if you lean Ingram, I don't, I don't hate it. For me, I, sure. to me, I, I don't know if I have it as close. Like, like I actually have Ingram and Carryon Johnson. I'm starting both running backs in this scenario. For me, it's between John Brown and Doug Baldwin. John Brown's peppered with targets. Doug Baldwin's obviously up and down. Um, I gotta go bench Doug Baldwin here this week. It's just for me. I'm all right with that. It's yeah. to me, it's close between uh, Baldwin and uh, Ingram. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Let's hit up Josh in Colorado. What's up, Josh? Hey guys, how you doing today? What's going on? No much. Have a have a tough week ahead of me here. I've lost my last two games. I'm trying to yep. week as much as I can. Okay. okay um, let's see here. I heard you guys say AP would be a good start for this week over uh, thinking sorry over Alex Collins. That'd be good. You start an yeah. AP over Alex Collins. Yeah, definitely. All right, we both are, yes. Great, great. And the last question here with this uh with this thing with uh Marquis Dupin not being so so good this year, um I'm trying to figure out who should I plug in the flex position that I have. I have uh Rashad Matthews just signed with the Jets and Thinking about picking up okay, all right. All right. We, we, we have a, a tough connection with you, bud. But if you're deciding between Rashard Matthews and Marquise Goodwin, that, that's not really a thing for me. I'm going to start Marquise Goodwin. Don't do this, Frank. Okay. Uh, well, basically, I was basically saying like I was trying to find another person to fill in that void besides either one of them. All right, well, we, we, honestly, we don't. We're going to have to go through your waiver wire, yeah, bud. It's going um, to be dependent so on like. We're going to go with Marquis Goodwin there. I want to sign off at YouTube now. I want to remind you Fantasy Football Friends, it comes your way next. Corey Parson, Chris Ventura, and Jim Day come your way then. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a comment. If you listen on the radio, we'll go live for another four minutes. Frank, one more call on our picks. Cool. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on you know a few wide receivers that I have ranked lower who might be available on the waiver wire for the, the previous gentleman who just called in. Dante Moncrief, good matchup against the Eagles. Kelvin Benjamin, they're going to be trailing by a ton of points. Um, I just like what he can offer more than like Rashard Matthews. Marquise Goodwin, I mean, I don't really want to mess with Marquise Goodwin at all. So uh, those are two guys that I would have him play. Anthony Miller, if he was dropping your league, we kind of touched on him, but the Jets secondary has been struggling. 
On to the call, Greggy. All right. Our final call of the week is Gabe in Portchester. What's up, Gabe? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not too much, man. <clears throat> yeah, I was offered a, a trade in my league. I'm giving up a Martin Mack. I'm getting Michael Crabtree. You think that's a good uh, deal the rest of the season? Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. No, 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 no. Um, Marlon, no. Marlon Mack, we spoke about him on the trade show. You know, if people, we said that, you know, I was getting some people that were asking me trade questions valuing Marlon Mack as like a high-end RB2. And while I do like buying in on Michael Crabtree, he just doesn't have great upside. I like him as a very, very safe, high-floor wide receiver three, but Marlon Mack has more upside right now. He's proving that. I understand maybe trying to want to sell Marlon Mack right now because he gets dinged up easily. He's dinged up once again. Um, but his usage of the past two weeks, uh, it is promising. So if I'm trading Marlon Mack right now and trying to sell high, I'm trying to get like a wide receiver two in return for him. Um, I think that's realistic. Maybe even a low-end wide receiver two. I'd want to get more than Michael Crabtree. Okay. I agree? I think it's clear. You know what? I know you're a big Michael Crabtree guy. So it's interesting for me that you're saying that's not enough. Marlon Mack, not a guy that has proven to be healthy for any sustainable amount of time. That's my biggest concern when it comes to Mack. If he's healthy, I'd rather have Mack. Given that he missed practice this week, I'm nervous. I think it's close. I, I think if you need the running back, you keep Mack. You desperate for wide receiver? I'm okay with going after Crabtree. I don't think it's unfair. I really don't. I just feel like you get more from Marlon Mack right now. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my perception of it. Obviously, like a lot of it is subjective. It could, you know, it depends on how the the players in your league view Marlon Mack. I mean, there's a lot that goes into uh, account there. I, I just imagine that you'd be able to get more from right now. All right, Frank, let's get into our picks for this week. Bavona hit the music. I don't even uh, know who's up first. You're up first. I'm nine. <laughs> Why? Because you are. You're, you're up first in the even weeks. I'm up first in the odd weeks. Uh, I'm nine like and nine. You are ten and eight, Frank. So you're up first. Give it to me. Uh, yeah, this is something I've been talking about all week long. I uh, Maybe this is what they want me to think. This is what the oddsmakers want me to buy into here. But I'm taking the Packers, man. At plus 9.5, it's just a lot of points. Um, look, even though the, that they're in L.A., you know, they're going to get some pieces back to their secondary. I just I can't imagine them losing by 10 or more points. So I'll take the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we could take over-unders as well, right? right? Take whatever you want. I'm going to take the under in the Seahawks and the Lions game at 49 and a half. I just think both teams want to run the football here. Uh, probably more of a defensive game. Um, I just I think that's a very high total for those respective teams. And then I will take... Begrudgingly, I might be falling for it. I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets at plus seven and a half. I want to take the Jets too. That's frustrating. All right, I'm going to take... Um... I'm going to take the Giants because I don't understand this, Fred. So I'm going to take the Giants. I'm going to take uh, Cincinnati as well as three-point favorites. I like that one. And I'll take uh, take the Cardinals plus one at home. Take the home dog. Oh, man, that's the other one I wanted. I forgot. Frenzy's up next. Have a great weekend. Good luck, everybody. We'll see you back here on Monday. We hope.